Hello, listeners. We've got a special treat for you today. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But right now, this is Brad. And this is Scott. And this is Not About Us. All right, everybody, welcome to another Not About Us conversation. I hinted about we have a little surprise today. We have a special guest on the Not About Us conversation. Woohoo! First time ever. First time ever. But before we do that, I think we should probably invite in who this is really about. So, Scott, would you lead us in an opening prayer? Absolutely. Yahweh God, we just want to tell you how, how loved and, and how awesome you are. And we just invite you into this podcast, to this, to this room, to this house, to exactly where we are. And when I say we, I mean everyone listening. Uh, everyone listening to this podcast right now, God, you are there. Uh, as I say this, it's in my future, but it's in your present. You are there right now, so indwell that space too and god we know it's just a conversation we're just hanging out having fun talking with you but we just ask that your will be done today and you glorify yourself in all things hallelujah amen hallelujah thank you scott all right so let me introduce our special guest we we refer to her as cooney she's also is known as Chris, <laughs> but uh, uh, she is a good friend and now a co-worker of mine. <laughs> That's right. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Scott. It's uh, nice to be here. I'm excited. This is my first podcast experience, so thank you. Which is kind of weird because um, you were <laughs> trying to start a podcast before us, right? I, yes, and I'm still in the works of that. It's just I've run into a couple snags. So, so um, real quick, just because uh, for no other reason than it's just my first thought. Cooney, where did that name come from? Just let the, let the <laughs> listeners know. Okay, okay. Well, my last name is Coon. My first name is Chris, and... When we were 15, Scott, well, I was 15, and you would have been maybe just a little bit older than 19. that. 19. 19, okay. We started hanging out in a group, like, you know, the kids do, the teenagers. We were all hanging out together, and there were literally four of us with the first name Chris. Yes. <laughs> so we had to keep, keep each other separate somehow that we knew who people were talking to not to mention our parents were going crazy with all of us (laughs) in the house nobody knew who anybody was talking to so we started calling each other by our last names and somebody changed coon to cooney i don't even know how that happened but for the last 20 30 years now i have been known as cooney so it's a good thing i'm not married because that could be weird (laughs) are you gonna hyphenate (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'll be Cooney, whatever. <laughs> Whatever's a weird last name, but whatever. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Well, Brad, uh, anything on your mind to talk about? Cooney, anything you wanted to jump in with today? Anybody got any ideas to start us off with? I, I do, but it's it's a little bit deep, maybe. 
Maybe. Depends. Well, go for it. That'll we, be the we first time on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So here's a question for you guys. 42. Nope. Ah. Nope. Not, not that one. Oh, okay. It's a great question though. Do you... Well, we know, I know that you know that the Bible is true. I know you believe the whole Bible is true. But yes. in that, do you believe any parts of the Bible are allegory? That's a very good question. Uh, here's what I believe, personally. I believe, first of all, that the original Hebrew is, is the most accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, of anything when you hit translations and, and other issues you might get into some situations where it wasn't exactly correct but that's that's a translational issue right uh, not what you know not what you're talking about mm -hmm. I believe that everything in the Bible literally happened and and I'm kind of you're throwing this question at me, so I might I might backtrack in a few minutes and go. Oh wait, I you know I I wasn't thinking about that. Right. Sorry, How, I told you it was deep. Yeah. <laughs> However, yes, I also believe because of the perfection of God and the intricacy of God, and and just He is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is He exists outside of time. He knew the end from the beginning. Everything. It is allegorical at the same time, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I think I understand what you mean. Brad? Well, and as we've talked about before, I think you can take any passage of the Bible, and it can mean something different for any person that's reading it, and it can mean something different for that person in that moment, but it could also mean something different in a different moment of time for that person. Uh, you are logical. You look at it and go, I, I'm going to figure this out. Now, now that we have three people, I know. when you say you, you're probably <laughs> going to have to tell the, the listener who exactly you're talking to. You mean to. They, they didn't see me point at you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Scott, you are logical. You look at it and you try to figure it out from a logical sense. I'm a more emotional creature, so I will look at something and it's most likely going to hit me at an emotional level. So it can the same passage could be exactly what you need in a logical sense and it could be exactly what i need in an emotional sense but just to throw it out there i will stand that everything that happened in the bible happened happened the way it is written but not necessarily the way we comprehend it that that's a good point now i also believe for example uh and this is just personal mm -hmm. so i'm not saying this is this is god speaking this is just right. what i personally believe like, for example, the parables of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that everything he said literally happened. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. For, for example, the, um, uh, the, the prodigal son story. Right. Now we say, oh, that's a, that's a parable. It's just a story. Right. I believe that Jesus is God. Jesus existed at the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. He's a creator. He's not a liar. He's not a fabricator. I believe when he told that story... He was literally telling a literal story that has happened sometime in Earth's history mm -hmm. that he, as God, was aware of. Right. As an example. Uh, now, you don't have to believe that. No, no, none of the listeners have to believe that. That's just me. That's just, you mm -hmm. know, from where I'm coming from. Right. So you can say, well, every parable is allegorical. I also believe they're literal. Right. Does that make sense? 
Yes. So the parable thing, it's interesting. And I just want to go back to one point that you made. So, and maybe it's just a tiny bit off topic, but... <laughs> we do s- that so we, yes. well here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so you said he's not a liar. So are you, say, are you saying that every story then that's not true is a lie? Because that's not the way I see that. In essence, what I'm saying is he is the word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. What I'm saying is if it comes out of God's mouth... It is perfect truth. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe, and this is just me, this is kind of of why I think this. I don't believe God said anything such as there once was a man who did this, where it, there there wasn't that man, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That man didn't exist. He's just making up a story. I don't believe that's the case. Could the truth just be the meaning? The meaning is truth. Could the truth be the meaning, though, and not necessarily the story itself? I, I understand what you're saying. I personally don't believe it. I think it actually happened. Okay. I think it's actually still happening. Prodigal son, I mean, that, that still yes. happens today. Yeah. Um, even if people aren't aware they do it or not. Which is um, one of the reasons why he shared it, for us to understand in our lives that it's still going on. Well, and... It can also be on a bigger scale, too. So an atheist. An atheist wants to get as far away from God as possible to do the things that they want to do. Well, the prodigal son left his country, went to a different country, mm-hmm. because he didn't want his father to know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. The Bible literally says he was with prostitutes and, and living that life. Right. So then isn't that an allegory? But see, that's the thing. It can be. But I also think it actually happens. I am a prodigal son. I've had my times right. where I ran away from God. I ran away from my father, but then I came back to him. Right. I, I think of it like this. is um, My mom one time was, um, was in prayer talking with God. And she said that she was talking about the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark, Noah's Ark. And... and just talking about, just wondering the, the difference between the two. And the Ark of the Covenant seems to be the, the holy. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of it as, as the holy of holies, the, right. the intimate spot. And yet, uh, it's like she was leading, she said she felt like God was leading her to say like the Ark, Noah's Ark, uh, was more, had more importance for, for whatever she was praying about, whatever mm-hmm. she was talking about. And she, she was like, why? It, it confused her mm-hmm. that... that that this had more importance and and she felt like god said to her it's because they were in the ark uh noah's ark Mm -hmm. they were protected by it uh they were uh being in noah's ark was better for them than right than than the ark of the covenant think of it that way Mm -hmm. and I know this this is probably all very confusing i'm i'm pulling something my mom talked about years ago but the point was it meant something for her allegorically. Right. However, Noah's Ark, that story, really happened. Right. The Ark of the Covenant was a literal thing, mm-hmm. and is a literal thing, uh, that the Hebrews used to, to worship God, and it was the, the literal physical symbol of the throne of God on earth. Everything has allegorical value as well as simply being right like the sower and the seed 
if you right. think of that story, has very clearly allegorical value. Right. However, I believe it's literally there's a sower throwing physical seed mm-hmm. on the ground. That literal picture not only doesn't detract from the allegory, it enhances it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it lets you see, uh, it lets us, in fact, it's part of what I've been talking about. I believe everything in the Old Testament and, and all the Bible, everything physical is designed to reveal a mm-hmm. spiritual truth. And that's exactly what you're talking about with the allegory. Right. Okay, so the reason I asked this question. All right. Well, multiple reasons, but we'll go into this one first. <laughs> um, I don't know how long you want this podcast to be. We go until we go. Okay, so get ready, folks. This could be the first four-hour <laughs> podcast. Um, no, so you're doing a Revelation study, mm-hmm. and I have heard it said, I heard it said by a very good friend of mine that I went to church with. We grew up in the same church, both believing that the Bible was literal, as far as I knew. Uh, and he said, oh, no. He said, uh, Revelation is just allegory. Uh, things are standing for other things. It doesn't necessarily mean it's literal. And I, it actually it threw me quite a bit because I'm like, wow, what do you mean it's allegorical? You know, are you talking like Moby Dick? You know, <laughs> like what, right. are, what are you talking about? No, it says right there, you know, this is going to happen. So that's what's going to happen. That's the way I see it. But it's such, there are so many pictures in that book. It's a hard book to wrap your head around because mm-hmm. some of it hasn't happened yet as far as we know. And you know, you can try and figure out, okay, who is the Antichrist and some of that stuff that I can see maybe why some people would think that. Yeah. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, Brad just spoke about this on one of his last Revelation podcasts uh, as to uh, he researched why several people don't believe in Revelation or don't want to teach on Revelation. Um, Yeah, and exactly what you just said there. A lot of people find it too hard. Mm -hmm. So they don't even try. Um, With my revelation study, I've warned people. I'm not looking at it to go, on this date, Christ will return, and we're going to either have a pre, mid, or, you know. No, I don't. And and Bob Johnson in Newark, New Jersey is the Antichrist. We're not looking to do that. (laughs) Right, right. What I'm doing is similar to what Scott does with his Hebrew is looking at the actual root of the words, uh, what were they trying to tell us in that time period, and what can that mean for us now? But also, there is some things in there that there won't be any way to, den- to deny it when it actually happens. Mm-hmm. When, right. And to say that everything in there is not going to happen, I can't agree with that because if you let the Bible interpret the Bible... It's mentioned in other places, the day of the Lord and what's going to happen. So that backs up what Revelation says. We know Christ will come with the clouds because in Matthew it says that he will return the same way he ascended into the clouds. So it, if you let the Bible interpret the Bible, and if there's a theme that gets repeated, I feel like that's important. That's extra important mm-hmm. truth. Right. So, okay. Yeah, so if you do, if you listen to my Revelation... Um, you're not going to get on this date, this is going to happen. And then seven years after that, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. You're going to get Brad's emotional picture of what he thinks is trying to be 
shown here. Okay, so Brad, mm -hmm. let's stay on that. Okay. To play devil's advocate, for lack of a better term. Right. Let's talk about then, how do you know that some of those things are yet to come to pass? Because the other thing that I have heard is it's actually showing a picture of what was happening like governmentally and things at the time it was written. And so it's not even a picture of the future, it's actually a picture of the past in that theory. So the whole Bible is a pattern. The events that happened there are events that will happen again. If you can see the pattern, then you might be, have a better understanding of what that means. But so let's, let's do this real quick. <laughs> do you mind if I jump in here or go, you? No, I, go for it. I didn't want to interrupt. But uh, no, exactly what you were saying, uh, like what we were talking about before, we've talked about uh, God is, he exists outside of time and he is perfect. So everything God has done, past, present, and future, is perfect. And therefore, we're going to see patterns repeat. Um, the Bible says, and we've talked about this before, the end can be seen from the beginning. So we can go back to Genesis mm -hmm. and we can see the end of time. Right. We can see the conquering of Satan. Mm -hmm. we, can see, uh, we can see revelation in Genesis. Conversely, there, we can see Genesis in Revelation. Mm -hmm. There are many passages in Revelation that I'm sitting there thinking, this is talking about Adam and Eve. This is, you know, what, mm -hmm. but this is supposed to be talking about the last days, but I clearly see the creation and I see the rebellion of Satan. Uh, and I believe there's a reason to that because of the perfection, because of the fact that God exists outside of time, uh, there are repeating things. For example, the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. I believe there is a central, a single figure that is yet to come that, that we think of as the Antichrist. However, even though there's one Antichrist that it's talking about, I believe that there have been millions of Antichrists throughout history, mm -hmm. such as Hitler and right. other places, people like that. Well, but, Scott, but it could be the guy down the street who just hates God and is, mm -hmm. and is, you know. So we can see in Revelation, things have already happened. Mm -hmm. Things have happened hundreds of thousands of times throughout history, even though I believe it is talking that uh, it is, there is a focus on a single massive event that is going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. The letters, uh, the letter of Revelation was written to them at that time to give them some comfort, but it can also give us comfort now. Yes. You know, so yes, it was written for them in that time period, but the whole Bible was written in the time period it was, but it was written for every person ever. Right. That's right. the amazing thing about scripture. Right. So, as Scott and I talked about in this, the very last conversation, if the Bible had a dedication page, it would say to insert your name here, mm -hmm. love right. God. Right. You know? Yeah. So, and, and that, yeah, that's just it too. Like I, we've talked about this before. I believe again, the, the intricacy, the, the unfathomable perfection of God means the entire Bible was written for you. Mm -hmm. Chris Kuhn right. was written with you specifically in mind. That doesn't mean that it wasn't written for the nation of Israel. 
That doesn't mean that it wasn't also written for the United States of America in 1776 and beyond. Right. That doesn't mean it wasn't written for, you know, the Yugoslavians and the South Africans and and whatever tribe and whatever nation, whatever church group and whatever person. That doesn't mean it wasn't also written with me specifically Mm -hmm. in mind. Right. He's that perfect. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to turn this and I'm going to throw it around back at you right now. Okay. Uh, that was an awesome question. Awesome Thank you. Uh, uh, topic here. What do mm-hmm. you think about uh, the allegorical value and, and, and mm-hmm. revelation or beyond? Right. I, I believe it's all literal. I don't believe there's allegory other than like what you have said so far, right? Like we've seen it happen. We've seen the end and the beginning in Revelation. We've seen the beginning and the end in Genesis, right? Right. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Um, But 100% literal. Um, When people say, well, it's just an allegory, you know, it's just a story to show Mm -hmm. us what was happening historically. I absolutely believe that the Bible is a historical book. Right. I mean, there are people who are not Christians, who are not biblical scholars that look at that and say, this is absolutely an historical book. Mm-hmm. But I believe it is way beyond a historical book. Yes. Um, but with that, it is literal. Now, I have to say, I had not thought of the parables as being literal. I also didn't think not of them as being do. exactly... Um, allegorical per se i just thought it was something more like a um like a picture being drawn to show them hey you know uh well that's an allegory (laughs) it well it is it is where something stands for something else it's true exactly it's true but i i hadn't looked at it that way so i i agree with you that it definitely could be literal i just don't know on that particular instance if i think it is or not no, I know exactly what you're talking about um, because uh, let's go backwards. Uh, Genesis. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I wanted to do just an in-depth Bible study like I'm doing now, and I went to a local Christian bookstore in town. You would know about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, I, I can't explain it to people who aren't from this area, don't have the history, so I'm not going to bother. The Carpenter Shop would be that, <laughs> no, correct? No, no. No, oh. no, right uh, over here near Living History Farms. That oh, I, I yes, can't... Wellspring. Wellspring, thank yes. you. Uh, but uh, but I know the listeners are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I found a series of books that was, uh, each book was a different chapter of the Bible. Some of the smaller chapters were combined into a thicker book, but mm-hmm. it was it was just an intense Bible study on each chapter. And I went, I'm going to use that and start off. And I started with Genesis. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing it said was, we have to understand that this is not a literal book, that this didn't happen, that these are just fables that the people of Israel told. And I threw the book away. Well, yeah. And I said, no, yeah. they've totally lost it. Right. Now, do I believe that in the creation story, as we've been going over Genesis, there are things that we can see that mm-hmm. yet yeah, it literally happened in the physical world this way, but it was intended to reveal a greater picture to each and every one of us right? in, in this day and age. Yeah, I believe they're both right. Right. Uh, I believe, yes, it literally happened uh, that Adam was created, woman came out of him from the rib and all these things. But when you break down the Hebrew words, what that means and everything, we can understand 
oh, there's there's a greater picture here. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've talked about man, the husband representing God in this relationship, and mm-hmm. woman, uh, Eve representing mankind. And when you see the physical relationship that mm-hmm. God designed for them, that gives us a picture uh, that we can live every day and we can see an experience that helps us to understand the spiritual right. relationship we have with God. That's what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. literal, I absolutely believe happened. Right. But I also believe there is allegory to it in the sense that there's a, there's a greater, deeper picture we sure. can get from the literal picture. Sure. Absolutely. If that... I always hope I'm making sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're Definitely making, making sense. sense. Making sense to us, and that's what matters. Oh, wait. It's not about us. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my had, gosh. She's good at this. Had to, th- <laughs> had to throw that in there. Okay. Well, that's great. Okay. So now I want to take it a little more lighthearted. Okay. Woo-hoo. A little more lighthearted, but yet something that I'm very interested in. Okay. So Job, specifically Job 41. Okay. I don't it, have Job 41 up. But- I, well... Go for it. Good for you. I do. Okay. Um, This is where it talks about Leviathan. Okay. Okay. If you're familiar with Leviathan. Yeah. And I'm going to just read. It's it's a little bit long. I'm just, I'm going to skip a couple things that maybe don't necessarily coincide with what I'm I'm talking about here. But uh, Job 41 verse 1 just starts out with, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose? Or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many supplications to you? I'm going to skip down. That's verse 3. And I'm going to... I'm looking at just his physical appearance. Right, okay? And so we are skipping down to verse 7. Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hand on him. Remember the battle. Never do it again. And then scrolling down here scrolling down I'm using the Bible on my phone okay that's why I'm scrolling going down to verse 14 who can open the doors of his face with his terrible teeth all around his rows of scales are his pride shut up tightly as with a seal one is so near another that no air can come between them they are joined one to another they stick together and cannot be parted. This is the part that has always interested me. His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lights. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame goes out of his mouth. If you skip down to like the very end here of the chapter, and this whole chapter is just talking about this Leviathan mm-hmm. creature, okay? If you skip down to the very end of the chapter here, it says in verse 30, his undersides are like sharp, excuse me, are like sharp potsherds. He spreads pointed marks in the mire. What is this creature? Now, I have read different um, translations. We were talking about translations earlier. And there are footnotes at the bottom that say that this is probably a crocodile. Okay. We have crocodiles. I have never seen a crocodile (laughs) shoot out sparks Uh and fire. 
this is a dragon. I, I truly believe this is a dragon. So I have this uh, idea that at the tower, of we you know we were all one language, we were all mm-hmm. one. You're people. referring to the Tower of Babel. Yes. Okay. Then we're spread across the face of the earth, and we all develop our own tongues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because Job happened pre-Babel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there, they all had uh, the same experiences up until this point. Uh, they all named the stars what they named them. They all they mm-hmm. all knew the creatures of the earth at this point from th- from there, and then they get all spread out. So, and I think that's why, if you look at any culture nowadays, no matter where they were, where they are on the earth, mm-hmm. they, well, most of them, almost all of them have a flood myth. Correct. Yeah. Almost all of them uh, have some sort of dragon mm-hmm. um, myth. Right. Um, or dinosaurs or whatever. Uh, but, and they all pretty much uh, look at the sky and have the same meaning for the constellations. Different names, but they have similar meanings for the constellations in the sky. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all because we were one people at one time. Right. With one language. Right. And there were dragons. Right. There were dinosaurs. There, all of this stuff, I don't... I personally don't believe it was billions of years ago. I agree with you there. I believe it was, you know, 6,000 years ago. 2,000, correct. However you want to comprehend that. Um, Scott and I have talked about this in several conversations about God and his time and Mm. our time and how that could all be true. Right. Because I personally believe it could be billions of years, but it could also be 6,000 years as we comprehend it. But anyway, that's getting off... See, we do it. We get off subject. <laughs> That's right. But I believe mm-hmm. there were dragons. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, that uh, there were dinosaurs. Uh, I would even say there were dinosaurs on the ark, and I will go into that at some other point. But uh, go ahead. So here comes my question. Yes. Okay. So let's. Okay. So Scott, before I get to my question, what do you think? I've said I think it's a dragon. Brad thinks it's a dragon. What do you think it is? Um, I don't. I don't know that I would classify it as a dragon in in the uh, oh let's say the the classic European mythology sense. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I personally see this as the creature that actually swallowed Jonah. Oh, okay, not uh, a whale per se. No, I don't believe it was a whale. Okay. I just believe mm-hmm. in this day and age, we we just knew large aquatic creatures swallowed Jonah. Uh, Whales, the largest thing we can think of, so that's the, what we interpreted mm-hmm. because that's right. what's in our mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was a creature like this that dwarfed whales that had, and I believe they could still exist as deep as the ocean is, and and they could be responsible for a lot of these missing boats that are out there and that mm-hmm. things of that nature, but. Yeah, I, I'm basically on board with you in the sense that I believe this is a literal creature that existed at this time that uh, could possibly exist the way I'm talking about underneath the uh, the waters of, you know, the, the incredible depths of the ocean. Like a Nessie? Uh, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, that's one of the things I see here is, you know, talking about his scales and and 
not mm-hmm. separating. I, it, it just sounds to me like a creature that's made for the depths of the ocean in right. a lot of ways. Right. However, we haven't in this day and age experienced this creature. Right. We are taking it in, in the sense, we're taking it as uh, the Bible has proven itself in other places, why should I doubt it here? Mm-hmm. So there is that element of faith mm-hmm. that says, I believe it's it's historical. I believe it's explaining a literal creature. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I can't, I couldn't draw it for you right now. Right, you know? right. Well, nobody could. Yeah, exactly. we, we haven't seen it. <laughs> I have a theory as to why um, we don't necessarily see evidence of these things. Um, giants and... Mm-hmm and dragons and all these kind of things because anything that could make the bible accurate Mm. make people go the bible mentioned this Mm -hmm. that that upsets the enemy well definitely he wants to keep us dumb he doesn't want us to make a connection that the bible said that was true and it's true Mm -hmm. right you know we're all being fooled basically we're all being deceived right right and there's actual I won't go into conspiracy stuff, but they have found evidence. They have found bones of giants. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But then they disappear. Yeah. Oh, that's. Know. I could. I could talk to you for hours on giants and nephilim and all of that. Yeah. But I. Uh, I read about a story one time where a cave painting was found with a, uh, a mastodon fighting a T Rex. Mm-hmm. Which not only puts the mastodon and the T Rex in the same period, right. it puts a man who witnessed right. it and who drew that in, in the, the same, same period. period. That cave painting, once it was found, mm-hmm. was was suddenly locked off by the government. No one was allowed in mm-hmm. uh, for several years. When they finally were let back in, that cave painting was gone. Right. Uh, so yeah. I believe there there are people out there who says, "Oh, this." disputes what we mm-hmm. want to believe yeah. we're going to get rid of it i think there is some of that going on absolutely however in in this case one of the reasons i i also tend to believe it's an underwater creature is because of that you know if we had a, an animal of this size flying around or wandering around even if it was in the mountains years ago mm-hmm. you know would we have found some bones would we have found something that mm-hmm. that and and maybe the dinosaurs that we're finding are exactly right. this right and yeah, we just right. haven't pieced it together yet i That's, don't know that could be they don't even know if dinosaurs had feathers or scales exactly right. you know yeah. right they don't know and and we all the drawings of dinosaurs are just conjectures just guesses right you know nobody saw it nobody photographed it well right. and we've only explored i'm sorry i don't know the exact number off the top of my head but we've only explored like 10 percent of our oceans right mm-hmm. you know yes who knows what's going on down there they mm-hmm. didn't think giant giant squids existed until they actually caught one and that was only a few years ago exactly so yeah. they thought that was a myth right right so so to bring it back to, i know this is gonna this is no this is fun okay so here's the question then this whole chapter talks about this giant creature be it a dragon or whatever it is big sea serpent what is the point of this chapter what is the point of being so detailed about what this creature was like you want that because i got you go and then i'll jump in my first thought is god is explaining a lot of things he's explaining how he built the universe the earth and then he's also talking about this big animal. Mm-hmm. I think 
what he's basically just trying to do is he's trying to make us realize that we are insignificant and small compared to the things that he is capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And he's using the biggest animal that they know about at the time to help kind of show that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's also doing the same thing because I I don't have it in front of me, but he talks about, did you measure the width of the 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 earth did you mm-hmm. you know he's trying to show us we're small right he's big right you know right yeah and i i love job um Me too. if i wasn't doing genesis i might do job uh the study of that but one of the things because uh, i i really i got into this book a lot more uh about 10 years ago but i i never really realized because like the first time I read Job, mm-hmm. you, you read Job, the first two chapters are everything bad happens to Job. Right. And then it goes on and his buddies start to come and say, and, and they're, they're, they're chastising him, they're admonishing him, they're trying to correct him. They think they're trying to help him. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time really reading this book and thinking, yeah, they're right. They've got a lot of good things to say. Mm-hmm. Wow, good job on you telling Job. And you get to the end and... and Job's last friend comes up and says, all right, I've been listening this whole time. These guys are nuts. These guys are stupid. They're wrong. And I went, what? And then God mm-hmm. steps in and says, that guy's right. These guys are all horrible. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Because there's a human logic to what they're saying right. that doesn't mesh with God. And I think what the more I studied this, the more I realized Job uh, had sin had error had problems that god is trying to correct through the whole book mm-hmm. i mean it starts off by saying job is the most righteous man on the planet does yeah. it not yes i mean god yeah. says job is mm-hmm. the most righteous man and yet he still has sin and he still has error right and i think when you really in a nutshell job's problem was he thought he deserved God's love, God's protection, God's everything. Mm-hmm. He thought, I've done this, I've done this, I've, I've sacrificed here, I've prayed there, God, you owe me. And then the whole like last, I don't know, 15 chapters or 20 chapters, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember anymore, I, I have to go back and count. The last X number of chapters are God going, who do you think you are? Right. And I, this is a big part of it. Right. Where were you when I created this? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what, excuse me, did you teach the eagle how to fly? Right. Did you put the stars in the sky? And this is a big part of this. Can you draw out Leviathan with mm-hmm. a hook? Can you, just, can you just go say, come here, boy? Come here. And you're, you know, can, right. you can't touch this creature. But to mm-hmm. me, he's nothing. He's my creation. Mm-hmm. I put him there. Right. I can do whatever I want with him. You can't. You're insignificant. You're pathetic. I think that's what God's trying to tell us mm-hmm. is, do you see what I have made? Yeah, oh, okay, what have you made? Tell me, Job. And I think, right. The, right. I think the awesome thing about that is I think we've all been there. I mm-hmm. think we've all gotten to a point where we feel insignificant and small. But, and then you, you try to imagine God, you try to picture God, you try to imagine what that's like, and we just can't. Our right. imagination will only take us so far, but the truth is beyond our comprehension. We have finite brains. And then to understand that he, he wants us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants Leviathan. He wants the planet. He wants, he wants it all. 
let me tell you, you are hitting exactly what I want to tell you. This chapter on what Leviathan was, what Leviathan looks like, is a personal thing to me. And here's why. And you might be like, okay, this is silly, but this is really the truth. Okay. We're never silly here. So, I, well, I need to come back more then. You need some more silly. But the Bible can be dry to me. Yeah. Yeah. Places. Very definitely. I don't care about what the dimensions of the temple were. Maybe I should. I mean, it's obviously there for a reason. But have you done those, oh, I've tried to read through the Bible in a year kind of things where they break up, you know, you get mm -hmm. those Bibles and they break it up into different sections. And every time I hit the dimensions of the temple, I'm done. I'm oh, done. We, um, you know, I homeschooled my son. Right. And we did Bible study. Mm -hmm. And we started at Genesis and we went forward and we would stop and discuss piece by piece. Oh, yeah. When we right. hit those, we had to do them. Right. But we kind of skimmed. Right. There was a lot where we said, we're just going to read this really quick. Mm -hmm. If anything jumps out, we'll stop. But we had no idea. We're like, we were exactly in your boat. We're like, right. I know this is important, but I don't know what it is right now. So I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to waste extra time. Right. Right. So when I read this and I went, oh, this is a dragon. I went, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. This is cool. This is something that I like. This is right up my alley. Okay. All right, so that seems small. Okay, so you're interested in dragons. So, well, you think God didn't know that when he put that in there? Exactly. He did. He's like, if I put this in there with a lot of detail, Chris is going to go, hey, that's interesting. What else is in the Bible? What else should I read about? What else is really cool to keep me going on? You know, so yeah, obviously this is a much bigger scope than that, but it's not. I it's love also that very insight. personal. Yeah, this is this is what we were talking about. The Bible that. was written for you, right? And that, even though to them at the time there might have been some other meaning for that verse, right? But come around to modern times, mm -hmm. and you're reading it, going, "Oh, that's yeah. cool." I got something to kind of sh similar topic. I totally agreed. When I was when I was younger, I was a I my reading comprehension was really good. Mm -hmm. um, so I would try to read the most difficult books I could, right. just because selfishly I thought I'm smart. Sure, I'm sure I'm capable of reading War and Makes Peace. Makes you feel good. Yeah. yeah. And I had a hard time with the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult book, and I would, and I, right. I have read Genesis, uh, I have read Genesis more than any other book in the Bible, mm -hmm. because I would be like, no, I'm going to do it this time, but I'm going to start at the beginning, <laughs> right? You know, and I get through right. Genesis, maybe a little bit of Exodus, and <sighs> I'm done, right? Right. <laughs> you know, let's talk about the generations. This guy begot this guy. This right. Guy right. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. Whatever. Now, come like 20 years later. And I have, and I read the Bible in that time, and then I was starting mm -hmm. to pick up on things that were interesting to me, and and I was one of those ones that enjoyed the New Testament more than the Old Testament, you know, all of that sure. kind of stuff. Right. I, uh, I want to read the Bible, but I want to I want to listen to it. Audio has become the thing. Right. And I found this set, and they hired 
a different person. Some were big actors, some were just anybody mm-hmm. to play every character in the Bible. Ooh, so I thought okay. that was kind of cool. Like, yeah. Every person will have their own unique voice. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. What I was not expecting, and I'm listening to it in order, and I get to I get to Moses on the mountain praying for Israel. He knows he can see the promised land, but he knows he can't cross over. Mm-hmm. And he's given his final last when you guys screw up, come back to the Lord. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. he's he's doing everything he can to prepare them and warn them and get them ready to cross over. And as he, as the chapter is continuing, they there's sound effects in the background. The I realize in the audio it had been a light rain sound. But it's actually, the more and more he's going, it's becoming more of a heavy storm. Hmm. And he's getting, he's getting almost desperate. Mm-hmm. The actor that's doing the voice, and he's, he's getting real passionate. And then it gets to the point where he, he, you know, he, he dies. Mm-hmm. And in the car, I'm driving, I actually have to pull over because outside is now actually a storm in real life. Wow. Matching what was going on with the mm-hmm. audio. And wow. I was emotionally overwhelmed. Right, right. And at that point, I realized the Bible is full of passion. Right. It's full of emotion. That's who I am. I'm an emotional creature. Mm-hmm. I'm now t- in tears thinking about Moses not crossing over, right. trying his hardest to prepare a people he knows are going to fail, mm-hmm. you know, over and over and over again. Right, right. And then I get to uh, the Psalms. And they're 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 praying the the person doing David he's praying them but you can feel the anxiety you can feel the God I've screwed up mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I know you forgive me and you'll conquer my enemy I mean you just you you felt it and I realized I have been reading this wrong I have been reading this wrong I was not putting the emotion in it. and ever since then I have just been running with it right I right. read the Bible the way that it works best for me emotionally passion yeah and i don't i don't think i don't think it's an accurate statement to say you were reading it wrong um one you didn't know that you could read it that way right Mm -hmm. i think it took enlightening from the holy spirit to show you hey this is what i want you to Mm -hmm. see right i mean everybody says well everybody that i've heard say (laughs) you know the bible is hard if you don't have that indwelling of the Holy Spirit within you. In fact, I believe it's impossible. I agree. Yeah, that's probably why once, I started it 20 times, because I didn't have the Spirit yet. Right. Once you do, then you see all of these things that you didn't see before, mm-hmm. and it makes more sense because the one who wrote it is in you. Let me let me throw this out at you. Just, uh, what do you think of this? Okay. Man appointed mortal sorrow, the blessed God, he who descends is dedicated. His death shall bring the despairing comfort and rest. Does that sound like an interesting poem or, or just, a, just a, a, a nice saying about, about God and, mm-hmm. and sending Jesus and all of that? Right. We were just talking about, you know, oh, I hit the lineages and he begot him and he begot right. him. Right. What I just read to you was mm-hmm. the actual meaning of the words of the lineages from Adam to Noah. Wow. And that's wow, one of those things. Right? When you yeah. that's the meaning of the word of each of their names in order. That's what it says. 
So you, yeah. I was like you. I'm, oh my gosh, I'm doing lineages over and over. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, right. I'm 12, I'm 15, I'm whatever right. age. And I'm, I'm going, okay, there has to be so many circles, at, you know, how many cubits apart <laughs> Right. the stupid fabric of the tabernacle. Right. I've realized since then, there's a specific reason why God did everything. Sure. Exactly the order and exactly the dimensions. Sure. But yeah, at times in my life, mm-hmm. I, at, at this time in my life, there's still so many of them. I have no idea. Right. And that's one of the things I've talked about on the podcast and I told my son when doing the Bible study is it's a totally legitimate statement to read something in the scripture, look up and go, I have no idea what I just read about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and to not do that, if that's happening, is lying to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're really, if you're studying it with God, with God in mind, I think he would rather have you say, I don't understand why you put this in here, yeah. but I know that it's in here for my good. Exactly. Than to say, oh yeah, I absolutely understand that. When you really don't, because that's not doing you any good. Yeah. So, so there's a lot in the Bible that we just have no idea about. Right. And, and I do believe, uh, like we've just said in this podcast, God is so intricate and perfect. There are things that you are going to latch onto in the Bible mm-hmm. and God's going to go, I know, mm-hmm. I knew you would. Yeah. That's for you. And there are things I'm going to latch onto and Brad's right. going to latch onto. And it's because of where I am at this place in my life Mm -hmm. or that place 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years from now. Right. uh, As as I've been doing this study in Genesis, I don't know how many times I've gone, I've never seen that before. Right. I never caught that until Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. because of where I am. And now I have the experience and the understanding that I didn't have 40 years ago. Right. We're also blessed right now um, to have all the modern tools that we have yeah to really look into some of these things i mean there were times where they had to remember mm-hmm. scripture word for right. word for mm-hmm. word right and we don't necessarily we we should yeah but we and, don't right and right now chris just said cooney just said oh i'm going to talk about job 41 really quick mm-hmm. i just on my laptop right here i just went job 41 look it up and i was right. reading along with you and there we were right yeah yeah and if you see a word and you're like well i wonder what that means in hebrew you google it you exactly. want to know what it means in greek you google it right so we're, we are very very fortunate uh to be in the time that we are in and uh and i think that's part of you know knowledge will increase in the last day well this is it Right. The knowledge was always there. Right. Mm-hmm. The way that we can access it and the way we can get it out to the world, that's what's increasing. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you have anywhere else to go right now with that? Did you have more to jump on? Because uh, I don't want to interrupt this no, thought. If you no, you going. know, nope. Yeah, I think that's all I want to do for now. I have some other ideas maybe uh, if you guys have me back at some point. Absolutely. This uh, is a blast. Yeah, I, I, I've loved it. It's been great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think that's all I have at this point. So this could be, when you get your podcast up and running, this could be basically your first, your episode zero, your your, your, <laughs> right. your, your first test episode. My trial episode. <laughs> uh, and maybe someday you'll return the favor and we can go uh, visit your podcast. Absolutely, but, yeah. Um, one thing that we always do, and maybe Scott's still going to do it. I'm going to do it if you're talking what I'm thinking about. Well, let me do one first then. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out. Yeah. My shout out will be to Cooney. Hey. Because... You, you you are our very first guest, um, and this has been, I think personally, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, you brought I a, love this. you brought some new 
I mean, our conversations are great and wonderful too, but sure. this, this sure. brought some new life and some new <laughs> uh-huh. excitement and new fun to it. So great. my shout out is for Cooney. And of course, you are, you're welcome well, back for you. whatever you'd want to do. Thank you. This has been great. It's been fun. You know, it's a good way to uh, spend an evening. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. And you know what? I don't know if you'll have the same experience that we have, but if you know you're going to be back and you yeah. start to think about it, I got to tell you personally, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts, it's it's rejuvenated and rededicated my life in a lot of ways. Just really? knowing that I'm going to be, it's like I'm, I'm holding myself accountable to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, I don't want to blunder into next week going, oh, I have to do this now. Right. It's, it's, it's a passion. It's a joy. It's eat, the whole week is... Oh man, I gotta I gotta study Genesis. Right. I got to pray about you know something happens and like that. I want to put that on the conversation. Yeah. That made oh my goodness. I want everyone to know about that. It, it, since we've started this, and uh, and I hope you do with your podcast, whatever you decide to go along with too. And yeah. Thank you. It's just made me personally just re-energized my whole life. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I think Brad too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, it's like the good old days when we would do our Sabbath and. Uh, there's just something you just want to share so bad mm-hmm. and you just know that when you come here you're sharing it with someone who is going to be genuinely 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 you're right you had it <laughs> excited and wants to right. share that with you right and that and that does that recharges your batteries that that you know make, it does it just feels good keeps you going for the week on that note speaking of which I got an email from a listener uh, just wanted to say thank you just talked about the uh, the feasts of the Lord uh, podcast that we had, and uh, thought the um, the the seeds and the uh, the talking about the tribulation with the wheat, the tribulation board, and and the barley seeds was just a beautiful image. Uh, uh, helped him a lot. I just want to say thank you uh, to the listeners uh, who were listening along. But uh, now it's time for my shout out. <laughs> Um, I've, uh, as most of you know, I've done some musicians, I've done some authors, I kind of do them in groups. And last time I did, I started a group that I called the Watchmen. And today I want to talk about a gentleman named Amir Sarfati. I really hope I'm saying your name correct, sir. Uh, but he is a gentleman that I, I listen to his podcasts and, and again, like everyone else, uh, he's not perfect. And there are things that I disagree with. Uh, there's nobody that is perfect, including me. Uh, so there, I don't know how many times in my life I've looked back on things I wrote or said two, 10, 20 years ago and thought, what was I smoking? That was so stupid. Uh, so we're all imperfect. We're all growing, but I appreciate his heart. Um, for those of you who want to look him up, his name is Amir, A-M-I-R. That's M as in Mary. And it's Safadi, uh, I'm sorry, Sarfadi. T-S-A-R-F-A-T-I. And uh, he's got uh, his own channel. He's got several, you, know, you can check him out on YouTube and all sorts of things. But he just, he, he's kind of focused on Israel and Israel's place. And, oh, we got the dog barking again. Are we good? Okay, dog says we can go. Uh, but but I just encourage you to check him out. He's, uh, he's got a focus on Israel that I really appreciate. And uh, I'll, I'll just let it go from there. I'll, I'll just let you check him out if you get a chance. His uh, YouTube channel and his newsletter, uh, it's called Behold Israel. 
So if you look that up, search that up, you should be able to find some of his uh, videos. He's a little bit of everything, too. He's an author. He does videos. Yeah. He does podcasts. Um, and at the heart of all of it um, is kind of that heart of Israel, which I do, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. We've talked about before. Um, but yeah, no, definitely check him out. He's awesome. Well, all right. I think that's probably a good stopping point then. Yeah. Any, any last words? I just want to say thanks again for letting me come on here. It's been great. And thank you out there listening for putting up with me for an hour. Appreciate <laughs> it. All right. And Goonie, I'll just let you know, uh, Scott and I, we, we do our Genesis and Revelation studies. We do these conversations, but we also just do ones that are just topic specific. So if you, ever, if you want to do your own topic show or if you want to come back for another conversation, uh, you said you had some stuff about uh, the giants and the Nephilim and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Um, feel free. We, we will gladly have you back and we'll talk about that stuff. Great. Thank you. That'd be great. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cool. All right. Now, as always, this has been Brad. And Cooney. And this has been Scott. And this has been Not About Us. <laughs>